Sometimes sexual guilt can be a real drag, acting like a wet blanket, not only on your sex life with your spouse, but also even dampening the joy you find in your marriage. And most Christian couples don't feel like they can just throw off their moral boundaries in order to bypass the guilt, so it's easy to get stuck. Today, we want to help you get unstuck. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a relieving episode for you this week. This is episode number 211. And today we're going to be talking about what to do when your sexual past is dragging you down. Hey there, before we get started, if you did miss last week's episode, we discussed things to think about before you start making babies. That's worth going back and checking out if you are contemplating starting a family, which is a good thing. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us, because that's also a good thing. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic of sexual guilt. Yes, ma'am. So if a person feels in some way at some time that they have violated proper sexual conduct, their own morals, God's moral law, then they're likely experiencing sexual guilt. And actually, sexual guilt is not unique to Christians or even religious people, but there is indeed a link between strong religious views and feelings of sex guilt. So anybody can experience this. Now, we we always speak out of the Christian worldview, and most of our listeners are Christians, although we welcome people of every faith to listen because we believe that marriage is for people, not for just for Christians. But just kind of noticing that Christian side in particular, that some of the causes are, number one, premarital sex, either with the person you're now married to or with past partners. Another cause for sex guilt is sexual activity other than sex that you consider going too far. What does that mean? Oh, sexual can activity other than sex that yes. you consider like that you've gone too far. Thank you. I was looking at this uh. and I'm like, I don't have the comma in the right spot there. So again, either with your spouse, maybe you did something, you know, a particular sex act with your spouse that you feel uncomfortable about or with previous partners. Even if you didn't go all the way. What do you mean? Well, maybe it was like no, oral no, no. sex. No, no, no. Uh, so maybe a married couple had like anal sex and they don't feel that that's right. But they experimented it with one time as a married couple. Okay. And they're still married, but they're just uncomfortable that they did that or they feel guilty about having tried it. Oh, okay. So that could be an example of, you know, air quotes around going too far for them, but it's still within their marriage. It doesn't necessarily have to be oh, extramarital. Oh, it's not premarital. Okay. okay. Yeah, not necessarily. Or watched pornography during sex as a couple. Maybe a more common example. Okay. Or along with sex as a couple. So that can incur sex guilt as well. Affairs, of course. And then number four, beliefs. So there's some very strict or conservative Christians who develop some beliefs that sex is sinful in itself, like sex is bad. And so they feel guilty just having sex or feel guilty about their sexual desire. 
like even wanting their wife or their wife, the wife wanting her husband, she's worried that that might be wrong. She feels guilty. Yeah. Okay. So it turns out that guilt around these issues, especially premarital sex, is a lot more common than you may expect. In one study of church-going young adults, 70% reported having had premarital sex. And within that group, 80% regretted and felt guilty about their sexual history. So that's over half of church-going young adults in this study felt guilty about their sexual history. Now, just a, a few caveats heading in here. Again, um, again, we had mentioned the worldview that we speak out of, which we don't apologize for, but we're not, we're not here today to help you feel good about what you've done when those actions have gone against your own moral boundaries. Right. We're not here just to make you feel better. For, or to promote permissiveness. We actually do want to help people feel better. We do want to make people feel, feel better. Yeah, yes. that was right. <laughs> this is why it's kind of delicate, right? Okay, Trying to figure this okay. out. okay. We would like folks to know and experience forgiveness and peace and to have relief from guilt, but that comes from God, not from us. Right. It doesn't come through permissiveness. It comes through forgiveness. Okay. And we also feel and believe that the best sex happens within moral boundaries that are outlined in the Bible. And in other episodes, we've shared the research that backs this up with, with hard, hard evidence. And so kind of the last caveat around that is we want all of our listeners to know in keeping with what we've been saying that it's possible to have strong moral boundaries around sex and have an extremely satisfying sex life. Mm -hmm. And many Christians do. And many married non-Christians do. It's not mandatory if you are biblically conservative to also be sexually repressed. Not in the slightest. Right. So that's our caveats. That's our fine print. Let's take a moment to differentiate between the feelings of shame and guilt. Guilt is the belief that you've done something bad or committed a sinful act. And the negative feelings it creates are specifically tied to the action or to that behavior. In some ways, guilt can actually be useful since it draws your attention to something you've done wrong. It motivates you to try and fix it or at least to not do it again, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Being prone to feeling guilt is linked to acting in a good and moral way, which is interesting. But for the most, and so for the most part, guilt is a useful, healthy, adaptive emotion. It keeps us within our our boundaries, helps us with our, like implement our moral compass in real life. Now, shame, on the other hand, is more all-encompassing because shame is the belief that you are sinful or that you are a bad person. Uh, One researcher defined guilt as our conscious telling us we have done something wrong. If we go through the process of rectifying the wrong, then we feel better and our guilt is relieved. With shame, on the other hand, our whole being is at fault. Shame makes us feel very, or feel condemned to our very core. So that's like character, not Uh, behavior. Yes. I would, I like using the word identity. Identity. Okay. Unlike guilt though, shame doesn't motivate people to try and right their wrongs and it does not motivate them to act in a morally good way, like to improve their behavior. Instead, it creates withdrawal, a sense of hopelessness, quite often as the person believes they're permanently tarnished or damaged. That's shame. Okay. I often say that, that guilt says I did something bad and shame says I am a bad person. Okay. Guilt is about behavior. Shame is about identity. Sex then can lead to guilt when you believe you've done something wrong. Behavior, right? For example, premarital sex. Okay. But it can also lead to shame because people who have lost their virginity often feel like their purity or their whole worth as a husband or wife is permanently gone now, oh, or as a okay. potential husband or wife is permanently gone mm-hmm. if you're not married yet. So since it affects your entire view of who you are, shame is much harder to get rid of and it's more psychologically harmful than guilt. Okay. Now, how does this impact marriage? That's the question because we want to kind of go from the general concept to our subject okay. matter here. Yeah. Guilt about your sexual history can impact your current sexual activity in various ways. 
many of which are harmful or challenging, even if you view your current sexual activity as not sinful. So maybe you're inside marriage and you're all good now, but that history and that guilt that you bring can bring these possible effects. Number one, it can actually end up with less sexual activity just because you have that subtle guilt kind of lying around. Less enjoyment of sexual activity when you are involved in that. Less favorable attitudes towards sex. More difficulty becoming aroused. Hmm. Feels good, but it's bad or it's tied to guilt. Okay. Less willingness to talk about sex. So you don't have as much discussions. Less knowledge and understanding of how sex works and how to make it pleasurable. Probably following on from not talking about it as much, right? Right. Okay. Or not being willing to sort of openly look at it. If you, yeah, if you feel guilty about it, then why would you want to think about it or talk about it? Or get better at it or... Yeah. Yeah. These factors negatively impact sexual satisfaction for both spouses. And they can also have knock-on effects on overall marital satisfaction, meaning it can cascade into the wider sphere of your marriage, just making it Mm. harder. So this is one person's guilt. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily even have to be both people's guilt. No, no. And it can impact sexual satisfaction for both people. Yeah. Or they could both have guilt about different things, not even something that they did together. Right. Okay. So it's delicate, right? It's tricky. And um, once again, though, for this topic, we've created this bonus guide for this episode in particular for our supporters that we appreciate very much. We're going to talk about forgiveness in a moment, but if you want a much more detailed step-by-step guide to lead you through the process of overcoming guilt and shame from your sexual history, you want to download this forgiveness guide that we created just for this episode. You can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People, and we'll take a break to tell you more about that. Quick question. Is this a forgiveness guide like for yourself or for a spouse who needs to forgive their spouse? Uh, it actually talks about how to accept forgiveness for yourself so that you find relief from the guilt and shame okay. that you carry. And okay. uh, also does branch into for even forgiving the person you're, you know, who that your sexual guilt is tied to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Okay. So we'll take our break here. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day to day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we're talking about how guilt and shame impact marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, said so we'd talk about forgiveness, okay? So it may be necessary for both spouses to work through a forgiveness process on this. The spouse with the sexual history may need to begin by repenting of that sexual history. And that happens when you acknowledge the extent of the sexual sin, assuming this is you know not something that both of them did inside the marriage now. But acknowledging the extent of that sin without any minimization or denial or blaming. And then when you claim the blood of Jesus Christ as cleansing for that sin, as taught in 1 John 1, 7, this means that your sin has been washed away and the guilt incurred has been paid for in Jesus Christ's substitutionary death for you. 
This is how forgiveness of sins works for Christians. And just like salvations by faith, sometimes we need to remember that as Christians, we can accept the forgiveness of past sin by faith as well. And we need to do that. Okay. Now for the other spouse, it will either be the case that your partner's sexual history represents a betrayal or else it may not represent a betrayal, but maybe just a strong disappointment or a mild disappointment, or maybe it's not just is what it is for you. I don't know. There's just so many varieties of possibilities here. Yeah. But sometimes I do speak to a spouse who's disappointed. They worked so hard to preserve their virginity for marriage and their spouse did not. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of rubs them. Yeah. On the other hand, if the premarital sex was with another person, you're only just hearing about it now and you were told that you were marrying a virgin and now you're finding out that you didn't, right? That kind of scenario may represent a major betrayal. Right. Even though it hasn't happened inside the marriage. It doesn't always need to be that way, but depending on the circumstances of that activity and whether you've been lied to or if it was disclosed in a straightforward manner at the time, these things all kind of affect the degree of betrayal that a person might feel here. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so whatever that case is, and we're trying to speak to a wide set of possibilities here, so just kind of nuance what we say to your situation, right? But you may also need to forgive and let go of anger and resentment so that it's not affecting your marriage. However, if you have been lied to for decades and you find out now that this betrayal maybe even happened while you were dating, then a discovery like that can represent a betrayal event similar to discovering an affair. It can feel like it was in the marriage, in which case it may shatter your whole view of your spouse. And that obviously is a much more impactful situation and one in which I would definitely recommend that you reach out to our counseling team or if you already have a counselor, a marriage counselor for help so that you can get help navigating your way through that. Okay. So generally speak, I'll just say on that note that generally speaking, if one partner believes it's a betrayal, it's a betrayal. Okay. Even if the other one's like, it was before we were together, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to, you know, whether it was disclosed in a straightforward manner or you've been lied to, yeah. like so many people say the lying is worse than yes. the actual yeah. Yeah. offense. Yeah. And typically what we see is that people need to work through and resolve the betrayal before they come to a place where they're ready to do forgiveness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Often people are baffled, like, well, why can't you just forgive? It's behind us. Yeah, that's what the guilty party thinks, yes. not the offended party. Well, sometimes even the offended party wonders why they can't just forgive and get oh, on okay. it, right? But okay. it's, we have to acknowledge and deal with the betrayal first. So so that's kind of step, well, I mean, the step before step one is deal with the betrayal if necessary, but then you want to, you are, your goal would be to move towards forgiveness so that guilt is released. Okay. Okay. Yep. Next thing is talking to your spouse about it. And I want to frame this recommendation carefully as well. A lot of this is, uh, again, we're trying to speak to such a wide variety of circumstances, in some cases very sensitive, in some cases, you know, difficult, but not as delicate. I'm assuming here that in this particular scenario, you let your spouse know you were not a virgin when you got married, or maybe this was about sexual activity between you and your spouse prior to marriage. You may need to talk about what happened. And I don't mean discussing the details if, uh, if it was a different partner before marriage, you know, and those details can just, getting into too much detail can be traumatic as well, but mm-hmm. mainly talking about what you feel now and how you see this impacting your marriage now, because likely your spouse senses something is wrong, but they may not know exactly what it is. And it could be this oh. guilt thing that's playing a role, role yeah. here. And the challenge is that your sexual guilt about, you know, whatever happened 
can make sex generally now a taboo subject. So you can't even talk about your sex life as a couple. Oh, So you might have to go back to the start and start with the guilt around your history and talk through that carefully and respectfully with one another Mm -hmm. and work on accepting your own forgiveness if, if you are taking ownership of some stuff that happened. But again, if this was about sexual activity between you and you feel guilty about that past activity, like how it happened or when or where or whatever the case may be, this may intensify the feelings of guilt and then in your in turn your marriage is affected now because you carried that forward without ever really resolving it. Okay. So the goal here is to find a way to talk through these difficult things up to and including your current sexuality. The inability to talk about sex also negatively impacts sexual satisfaction for couples. It negatively impacts intimacy for couples and overall relationship satisfaction. So we need wow. to get to the point where we can learn to talk about sex in order. It's another way that we can help our marriages to grow, become more satisfying, more intimate hmm. and passionate. So you're saying that learning to talk about the issue without the spouse with the sexual history feeling condemned or unforgiven and just learning to talk about sex generally, that can reduce the feelings of guilt and make sex more enjoyable for both spouses. Yes, that's kind of where we're going with all this or definitely where we're going. Wow. Makes sense? Yeah. Now, another part to think about is talking to God about your sexual history because shame about sex can also lead to withdrawal from even your church community, like how deeply Uh you're engaged there. Like you don't feel like you should be a part of that or something. You're you're dirtier or or even just the worry of being discerned or judged. Or I'm the only one with this. Yep. And sometimes... People, you know, can withdraw from God because hiding is a natural response to the feelings of shame. Mm-hmm. And this can create a bit of a cycle. Uh, there was one researcher in 2007 who found that feeling alienated from God was a very strong predictor of feeling shame and guilt. So when you feel shame, you, you withdraw, withdraw. But when you feel alienated, yeah. you have more shame and guilt. Yeah. You're feeling more unworthy. That so it can spiral downwards, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the way to counteract this is to urge yourself to move towards God, towards truth, towards the light for healing, for wholeness, okay. for help, right? Feeling more connected to the all-loving, all-forgiving God that we have through the forgiveness that is found in Jesus Christ will strongly reduce the levels of shame that you feel. Like hmm. letting those truths all sink into your heart as you move towards him. That's that's the key Okay, Because God knows about it anyways. Right. And still loves you unconditionally. So it's okay to tell him about it. It's not going to defile him. Right, right. Hmm. And then finally, we want to just think about renewing the sanctity of sex within your marriage. So when you kind of do this work, and we might be summarizing like quite a bit of work for some folks, like several Mm -hmm, months or mm -hmm. maybe even a little longer, but believing that your past sins are fully forgiven by God, by your spouse means that there's no longer any reason to feel guilty about sex. Okay. So sometimes you may still find yourself feeling that guilt and it's like, okay, no, I have to really let the forgiveness sink in that has been expressed towards me. As part of that then, not only letting that in your heart, but engaging, now don't just take the guilt away, but move towards each other as a couple. Couples should work on enjoying sex together. Learn to view sex as something which God created for their pleasure, given to them Mm -hmm. as a good thing to enjoy, Mm -hmm. rather than something that's sinful or corrupted. One particular group of researchers, they referred to this as the sacred bed phenomenon, where couples see their sex together as something being holy and special between them. This view is strongly linked to higher frequency of sex and higher levels of the enjoyment of sex. And like, how much better could that be? More frequent and more enjoyment? Yeah. Yeah, there's not many more as you can add to that. It's heading in a good direction. Mm-hmm. And 
Another thing, though, that I'd like to kind of put out, point out on this whole kind of sanctity piece for Linda is mm-hmm. that we often place this huge emphasis on virginity in Christian okay. circles. Okay. Just to touch, this is a slight pivot, but it's going to come back. And I, I get that. But it's easy to get stuck because you can't get your virginity back. So you, that would be the shame piece. That's the shame like piece, broken. right? Virginity is very much an identity uh-huh. related concept. Okay. But I think that the Bible emphasizes purity even more than virginity. And when sin is confessed and forgiven by God, then purity is always restored. You can get purity back. Yeah. So maybe you can't go back and change things so that you're bringing virginity, your own virginity to your marriage. But right now, today, you can bring purity to your marriage bed. This is Uh where we're coming back to the sanctity of sex, the sacred bed phenomenon. And that in itself is a huge thing that in the present, that's the sanctity of sex where we learn that our past does not need to define us, but we can come pure and clean and whole now to one another as a couple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Any closing thoughts, baby? No. All right, let's wrap it up. That's like a mic drop at the end there. Oh, do you like that? Yeah, that's I yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. And we'd also like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We have Carlos and also Rebecca. So thank you to you two and also the rest of our loyal, faithful, generous patrons. So thank you to each one of you. Next week. We're going to be talking more about the topic of working through betrayal trauma. We did that a couple of weeks ago with uh, Sharon when you were down with pneumonia. Okay. Uh, But we're just going to bring uh, some research to the table as well, just to kind of really flesh that thing out. Okay, good. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 211. Find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.